my personal biggest goals, you know, as a quote adult is, is to hone in on my inner child and allow her to fucking climb any goddamn mountain or, you know, rock and color the walls and, you know, get paint all over myself and dirt under my nails. Like, you know, just to, to be able to fully express and explore because there's so much out there to experience. There's so much beauty to be had, you know? We just have to open our eyes to it. Hello and welcome to Here in LA, Topanga Canyon edition. Today we return to Topanga to talk with Phoenix Kotner. Phoenix is a model, a world traveler, and an expert on magic mushrooms. Some might even call her a shaman or a shaw woman. You'll hear that she has paying customers over to her home in the wilderness of Topanga where she guides them through their journeys. She also creates microdosing plans for people, including ways to reconnect with your partner in the most intimate ways. Mm-hmm. So, with no further ado, let's hear from Phoenix Kotner. Hey, everybody. We are in Topanga Canyon, virtually, with Phoenix Kotner. Yay! <laughs> All right, we're we're doing a uh, a Zoom recording today because I'm a little bit under the weather, and Phoenix, you were nice enough to agree to these this this weird terms. And uh, Jordan swears that the audio will be good, so. This is an experiment. Maybe we'll do more of them like this if 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 need be. So thank you so much, Phoenix, for being here. Thank you for having me. Phoenix, we met on Thanksgiving at our mutual friend Todd Francis's house. Yes, I love Todd. Todd, for those of you who don't know, is a great artist um, whose work appears on the bottom of your favorite skateboards. Um, he also makes a, a really disgusting camp calendar every year. And, um, and I've known him since college, and I've been so happy to know him all these years. And, uh, and he's we a wonderful able... chef. Oh, that too. Yeah, he cooked <laughs> he's dinner for us. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah if, he, if he was a shitty artist, at least he'd have a great backup plan. <laughs> right. Right. So let's let's cut right to the beginning, which is yeah. Phoenix. You you work with mushrooms, psychedelic mushrooms. You do all kinds, but yes, that is the focus. What would you say? What What's your title in regards to these mushrooms? Oh, you know, I this is always a tricky space for me, especially living in LA, because I feel like everyone is a healer or a shaman these days. You know, and um, I I feel like I'm more of a provider and a facilitator of the medicine. Um, you know, I cultivate and I combine the uh, the psilocybin with Ayurvedic medicine. Um, so it's more of like a whole body approach. And I'll, I'll kind of, you know, sit there alongside you throughout the journey and help, you know, address different medical concerns or mental health concerns um, and, you know, help you kind of find yourself in, in the expansive space that the mushrooms really provide. This sounds a lot like when people do ayahuasca, they have yeah. a uh, an expert along with them. Is is that kind of what this is, but for shrooms? 
Kind of, yeah, yeah. You know, I'll put together different recipes that uh, the individual will take, you know, on either a daily basis or kind of an every other day basis. Um, we do check-ins, you know, every couple of weeks. Um, you know, I'll hold space for journeys as well. Uh, but the, the main focus is more on the microdosing program. So it's kind of like a long-term maintenance program for those who don't want to be on you know, any SSRIs or antipsychotics or, you know, any of the, the prescription stuff that actually is addictive. Oh, it can be addictive. Shrooms can be addictive? No, 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 no. Shrooms are not addictive. The, okay. the, the prescriptions that our Western doctors prescribe us are addictive. I see. Right. Yeah. Right. The, the ones that we get at Walgreens. Yeah, Walgreens are, you know, I mean, the, the, the Xanax and Prozacs and, you know, Lexapros of the world. Um, you know, mushrooms are kind of nature's natural antidepressant and, uh, and there's no dependency or addictive compounds in it whatsoever. So you can stop whatever you want. You know, it's, they're there really to help you learn how to be okay with your feelings and, and learn how to not marry yourself to the first intense one that, you know, enters your day. Um, you know, like seeing your emotions, like the ocean waves, they come and go. So, um, you know, we've had guests on here who've talked about microdosing and maybe I'm just old, but that I don't that seems like a really long commitment. I remember in college, probably my first week at UC Santa Barbara, um, shrooming. Um, I didn't know what it was. Uh, my friends all gathered and said, we're going to go up into the woods and you're going to eat this shroom and it's going to be weird, but we're here for you. And it was, maybe that's one of the reasons why we've bonded, me and my friends, for 30 plus years is we had these journeys, as you call them, together. Um, and our third eyes opened in unison. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's an incredible way to bond with one another. I work with couples a lot too. Um, you know, give them an assignment with with a larger, you know, macro dose. And, and it helps. You know, there's there's this uh, this couple that I'm working with currently that have been together for I want to say 15 years, married for 10 of those years, and you know they're they're they still very much love one another, but they kind of fell out of love with one another, you know, and they don't want to divorce. They want to work through it because they know that they can, but they've kind of tried all the other outlets, and you know, so they they ended up getting referred to me. And, um, and, you know, I kind of had my own experiment with this personally, uh, a couple of years ago, and I was shocked that it, it took me that long, you know, after having, you know, worked with this medicine for 12 years to experience it in an intimate level or space with someone else. Right. And, and whenever I was going through it, it was, you know, it was as if, you know, this person and I were back to our like 14 year old selves, you know, discovering the other person's body and anatomy for the very first time ever, you know, and it kind of like, you know, gives you these fresh set of eyes to look at the world and, and the people around you. And so with this couple, you know, I make these journey balls. Um, they're like little uh, ener super food energy truffle balls. And, um, and they're, you know, individually dosed. So you know exactly how much you're taking. Cause that's the other thing. Like I really, I can't stress en enough how important it is to understand where your sweet spot is with dosing. Cause you know, it's, it's a uh, case by case with each individual. But so anyways, I told them, you know, I was like, start off with one gram each and the assignment, you know, by the end of the night is to have sex with one another. 
and um and they're like okay you know we'll we'll make like a whole night out of it and I was like if you can you know think about like the first date that you guys ever had and try to incorporate some kind of you know factor or or familiar space from that first date into this evening and and so they did and it was like they were taking each other out on their first date all over again except you know going to bed with one another (laughs) and um and that happened I want to say like four months ago and um, the wife will call me individually and the husband will call me individually. And the wife is like, he wakes up and like makes me breakfast in bed now, you know? And the husband calls me and he's like, I actually like want to hang out with her and like take her out and surprise her and do all these things. Like it's not just centered around our kids anymore, you know? And, and I mean, it, because when the when the psilocybin enters the brain, it's it's quite literally going in and creating new neuroplasticity, right? And it's it's almost like think of our brain like a fuse box. So sometimes you know we get a shortage in a fuse, and uh, the psilocybin will go in and like repair that fuse for you while allowing you to create new relationships from past you know correlations, trauma trigger space, for example. Um, and and then it also opens it up so that you can create new neural pathways, which is where it gets more into the healing space um, or therapeutic space, you know, with uh, working through depression, anxiety, um, bipolar disorder. Uh, stress, things like that. And it allows you to incorporate these new daily practices, you know, of meditation or taking 10 minutes out of the day to put your feet on the ground, you know, it, it becomes more inviting and, um, and it has a higher success rate versus like, you know, New Year's resolution where we're like, I'm going to, you know, fast for two weeks, work out at the gym every single day, you know, do all these things. We're overloading our, our, to, uh, you know our nervous system with all of this and you know by like day three we're like fuck I'm not actually a superwoman in this regard right now like this is heavy this is a lot you know so with the mushrooms it really helps you like bring one factor in at a time to you know slowly have that overall shift in in your life in your mindset and your perspective I have never <laughs> thought about doing shrooms and having sex <laughs> it's quite fantastic. <laughs> huh. And men don't have a problem like becoming no. aroused. I mean, I haven't heard of any cases. Huh. Now, yeah. this is this is because you're microdosing though, right? Like if you took like a a full a, a full college trip, let's say. I don't, yeah. I don't know. Like for example, my first time me and this girl, we just stared at each other's hands and like we're blown away by hands. Like yeah. I can't imagine being able to So so do you coach them before they become intimate with each other? Like do you give them tips on what how they can stay focused? Yeah, you know, we'll we'll go over exercises, I'll ask some questions to get to know them better, you know, and see like what kind of sparks um uh each individual and intrigues them, you know. And, and so I'll make little notes and I'll tell them to like have like a little cheat sheet, you know, that they wrote out because it's, it's really helpful to have, um, those like reminders, you know, down on, on, uh, black and white on, on the piece of paper. Right. But, you know, don't get me wrong. If I took, and I'm pretty, I'm pretty damn experienced, you know, with this medicine, if I took three and a half grams, which is the typical, you know, college dose, I don't know if I could be intimate, but if I take one gram, 
right? I'm entering that space of the journey, but I'm not going overboard. I can still have, you know, control um, to a degree, right, of, of my mind and what I'm, you know, choosing to do and how I'm feeling and exploring things. It's like one gram, I would say, is like having two or three glasses of wine before you go out on the playground, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So, so you're still there, but you're just like way more relaxed and and giggly, and and it also depends on the strain that you're taking too, right? I mean, we walk into these you know cannabis dispensaries, and they have the sativas and the hybrids and the indicas. You know, yes, it really does come down to the terpenes, but you know, just for um, uh, example purposes, you know, there's a strain in mushrooms called uh, albino penis envy that goes by ape, and no, I did not come up with these names. <laughs> um, but you know, with with ape, it's more of this like creative, giggly, visual um, uh, sensation that it brings. Whereas if you have, um, let's say, like true albino teachers, those you know, I'll recommend to people who really want to like dive deep into inner child trauma work. Right? It's very introspective. It's very like you know, grounding and helps you you know reflect and work through you know what has seem to be problems throughout your life, you know, and help you find the solutions. Mm-hmm. Right. And and then you have like, you know, your your OGs like, you know, golden teachers or blue meanies. And those are like a really gentle kind of intro space that's like, you know, almost equal parts body and mind, you know? Um so so yeah, it, it really there's so many factors that come into play with it. Set and setting and intention, all of it. I would think with a couple who's been together for a long time that Mm -hmm. um, regarding sex, that one reason they may want a, to, to do something like this is people get set in their ways. And so things like sex become routine and kind of boring after a little while. And I would think that a shroom trip would, like you said earlier, kind of reprogram the brain a little bit and Mm -hmm. you're kind of experiencing this situation in a fresh way is Mm -hmm. is that true totally Hmm. yeah yeah it's like releasing any preconceived notions or confinements that we've put ourselves in you know it's it's opening that box and allowing the you know the childlike explorative side of ourselves to crawl out and like peek under this cover and peek through this hole, you know? And, and it's like, you're, you're walking through like Narnia's closet door into this fantastical land, you know, that has been there this whole time. Right. But I think one of our biggest problems is that, you know, when we enter this thing called adulthood, we're told that we have to, you know, be more formulated and, and, you know, more rigid and, you know, more confined because, you know, adults don't do certain things. That's what a child does, you know, but fuck that narrative, like fuck that sideways, because what does it do? I mean, how many people around you do you see miserable? Like whenever I'm driving around LA, I'm looking around and I, people are either check the fuck out on their phones or like massive road rage. Right. And I'm definitely guilty of road rage from time to time. 
I'm getting better with it, but, <laughs> but like, there's just so much anger inside. And I think it's because we have told ourselves that we are not allowed to do certain things because of, you know, what other people might think. Right. And, and one of my, my personal biggest goals, you know, as a quote adult is, is to hone in on my inner child and allow her to fucking climb any goddamn mountain or, you know, rock and color the walls and you know get paint all over myself and dirt under my nails like you know just to to be able to fully express and explore because there's so much out there to experience there's so much beauty to be had you know we just have to open our eyes to it i would also think if let's let's say one of the partners wanted to experiment a little bit in bed and the other partner is like what are you what are you doing what's going on over here but if you're both on shrooms and yeah. you've gotten this super sexy assignment from beautiful Phoenix, <laughs> both people have permission now to really go for it, like in a different yeah. way. And it's it's not your traditional, okay, it's 11 o'clock, let's knock one out before we go to sleep, right? Right, yeah, no, definitely. No, you know, if they have kids, I'll suggest like find a babysitter, you know, you don't wanna be distracted because a lot of them will be like, well, what if Susie walks in the room, you know, and, and sees us on shrooms? And I'm like, that's actually probably not a bad thing to like start normalizing the converse- conversation, which a lot of people really are, which is absolutely incredible. Um, but, you know, just so that you aren't, you know, think, because look, when you're on mushrooms, it's very easy for the fear to come in and kind of echo throughout our, our head, right? So if you take away any of those factors and create clear space for you, then you don't have any of those distractions and you can be more focused. And yes, you are giving each other permission to enter this explorative space. You know, if it's a couple going and doing this, they're both clearly, you know, wanting to um, shift something or grow or, you know, reconnect in a certain way, right? And, And another thing that I found too is, you know, when on mushrooms, communication becomes a lot kinder and more gentle and more compassionate and, and you become more understanding and open, you know? Mm-hmm. So if there were, you know, a finger to go up something that the other person didn't feel comfortable with, you know, instead of like whipping around and slapping that person or getting upset with them, it's typically more of like, oh, I, I don't know if I'm quite ready for that. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, okay, I'm sorry. You know, what what would you like, right? And and it's like, you know, I mean, again, it's, it's being the little kids, you know. Kids are so brutally honest mm-hmm. and, you know, and so easy to, to forgive the other person and so quick to, right? So you're, you're in that mind state. Mm-hmm. Okay, so on, I, I forget where I saw this. You have a website, right? It's it's being built right now. Yeah, it's going to go live very soon. Maybe I saw this on your Instagram. Then you, uh-huh. well, let, let's let's go back to um, like the shaman aspect of it, where you can lead somebody on a journey. You're not leading that. You're not in the room with some of these people sometimes as they're doing the sex stuff. Are you? Oh no 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 not not with that. That's that's like an at home assignment or they right. go and get a hotel and they do it. You know, I help them like verbally with things leading up to it and, and right. the, the medicine. So when you are actually there with them when they're shrooming, what's that like? Yeah. What's what what are typical goals of that? 
Um, you know, a lot of the time it's people uh, wanting to have a certain breakthrough. You know, they've recognized that they have certain, you know, negative behavioral or thought patterns that keep coming up in their, you know, um, personal relationships, work relationships, you know, friendships, whatever it is, um, you know, that that are blocking them from experiencing uh, a truer state of happiness, um, you know, a larger space of cre uh, creative self. Um, you know, there's those who are, you know, truly debilitated by, you know, some of these, um, traumas, right? Um, so for the week leading up to the, the journey space, I, I'll hand out a writing assignment, um, for each day. It's like a journaling exercise, um, you know, uh, followed with, uh, a suggested dieta, um, you know, diet plan. And, and, you know, the diet space is more of uh, an intentional space because I can't force you to not eat that ice cream in the middle of the night. I can't force you to not have that cocktail at dinner the night before, you know, um, I can't force you to do any of it. I can suggest it to you. And depending on how badly you want to heal yourself, depending on how much you want to get out of the experience, that's how much you follow the diet plan. You know, that's, that's how open and honest you get when you, when you're um, filling out these writing exercises. So, so the writing exercises will be submitted to me the night before. So I kind of have my own, you know, um, handbook into your mind, right? And it helps me understand what your childhood space was like, what your relationship with your friends and family um, has been like and is like um, partnerships, uh, what your relationship is like with yourself, what happiness is to you, you know, um, yeah. it's just kind of, you know, setting up the groundwork, right? And, and so then the individual will come over to my home and, you know, we'll sip some tea with the medicine, do a meditation. And, and I like, you know, a lot of times because I, I don't need to convince the hippies or the hipsters, you know, that are, you know, always, you know, experimenting with this medicine, right? I, I find myself attracting more type A personalities that have never worked with the medicine before. And they want to switch to something deeper and more natural. So there can typically be um, a bit of fear from that individual to enter the space because it might be their first time going on a journey, right? So I would try to create as welcoming and safe as a space for this individual to come in and, and you know, um, kind of break down any barrier that, you know, they may have um, created in their narrative with me, right? Um, I want them to feel safe with me. I want them to see that I'm, you know, as human as they are, you know, as flawed as they are, and, you know, just that I'm here to, to kind of hold your hand, you know? Um, and, and so I'll, you know, open up with like, you know, just really simple conversation, like small talk, which, you know, I kind of have curated in a way that it'll bring up certain answers from them that I can use as a segue into the deeper question. And usually that's when the medicine starts hitting them, right? And, um, and so, you know, I'll kind of ask certain questions that suggest, um, intentions that they express, you know, that they have for this space. And, um, and when the heavier things start to come up, you know, I'll suggest different mantras, um, you know, saying, I love you to self, um, you know, releasing the, the, you know, negative energy that has kind of built as this like gunk inside of ourselves, um, you know, I do a lot of like, uh, visualizing type of work. Um, you know, I, I sat with someone, uh, yesterday and, um, 
And, you know, we imagine this kind of like portal opening in her chest because she felt very tight, very confined in her chest. And, you know, I was like, what do you see inside? And she was like, it's just a bunch of tar. It's so much tar. And I was like, well, let's get that shit out. We don't want that inside. Right. And so she had her eye shades on and she's just pulling out this like rope of tar that was like never ending, you know, and afterwards broke down crying and we're just holding each other. And, you know, it was this beautiful breakthrough of release. And, um, you know, we'll go outside sometimes, connect with the nature. Um, you know, uh, depending on how it's going, I might bring in some, uh, you know, painting supplies, you know, to, to express self. I always recommend like a journal because you'll have these like breakthrough, uh, epiphany, you know, realizations. And you want to be able to remember that later. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm really impressed that you do this at your house. It seems like, I mean, I don't know. That just seems it's, I, I've never thought of this before. Like, is it <laughs> weird that they're doing it at your house? Do you feel like they're invading on your privacy at all? No, you know, I have, I have rituals before and after uh, the journey to kind of cleanse my house of the energies, you know? Um, and uh, it's just, I have to laugh at myself um, because, you know, so, so much of this can be exacerbated where we live. Right. But, um, but it's a real thing. And, you know, in the beginning, I, I wasn't cleansing um, my space and myself from this. And, and I realized it was taking a very serious toll on my own energy. Um, you know, it's kind of like soaking up these other people's pain and sufferings. Um, and I, you know, I remember I had a session with my therapist one day and I was like, like, do therapists have therapists? She just broke down laughing so hard. She's like, of course. She was like, and my therapist has a therapist and they have a, th you know, and so on and so on. And I was like, okay, okay. I feel better now. You know, I mean, it's, it's, it's the whole thing, but I feel like from my own personal experience, what this medicine has done for me, how it has changed my entire life. I mean, it saved me from myself in so many ways. You know, I was, I was clinically depressed for over a decade, suicidal at one point, you know, and, um, and just didn't understand how anyone could do this thing called life. And I could not be more fucking grateful for existing today, you know? And, and so if I can share my experiences, strength and hope with anyone else, you know, that's, that to me is, is being able to wake up and, you know, each day and feel like I'm living a fulfilled life. So, you know, my home, like I've designed it and decorated it and created this space in such a way that I, I want it to be welcoming to others. You know, I think community is so important and and creating a safe kind of hub for, for people to know exists, you know, to be able to step inside and, you know, leave their worries out uh, the door, um, I think is, is a wonderful gift to be able to, to get to give, you know. Mm -hmm. Um. Would you say it's better for them to do it at your place or at their place? Um, it's dependent. I think, you know, if they feel safer doing it at their home, I will go over to theirs. You know, um, I've I've also flown out to people before, you know, and, and done it in, you know, different locations around the world. Um, it's, it's really case by case. Um, you know, I think a lot of people, at least, in the, the local LA area um, typically decide to do it at mine um, so that they're not distracted by the environment that they've created at home. 
um, you know, to just like really have a fresh, clean slate, if you will. Right. Well, you don't, you don't want the door to knock. You don't want phones to ring, all that, right? Yeah, yeah. You don't have to answer this if you don't want to. Do you want to talk about price? Uh, you know, it's that's such a tricky space for me. Um, I had a really difficult time in the beginning, like even putting a number on any of this because I was like, it grows in our backyards essentially. You know, yeah, so, but your, your time is valuable. Forget the shrooms. No, you're definitely. Definitely. You know, I think it, and that was one of the biggest things I was talking to a lot of friends, you know, who, who have their own um, practices or businesses and whatnot. And, and they were like, you have to look at it as an energetic exchange. You know, you are giving so much of your energy, whether it's making, you know, these products, um, you know, holding space for people and so on. Um, and, and, you know, I think that's helped me a lot, but um, yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, to, to, to sit with me for the day, which, you know, includes the work leading up to and um, the, the, the few weeks following for integration space, um, you know, I ask for a donation of uh, $1,555. Sounds good to me. <laughs> Works for me. Well, be, this is why. This stuff is priceless. What you're doing with them is priceless. And yeah. it's... It, any any psychedelic trip that you take, you're probably going to remember forever. Yeah. So if you've got I definitely that, remember all mine. Right. So this is different than, you know, seeing a movie. Yeah. <laughs> this is like as intimately about you as you're going to ever get. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like it's almost like, you know, six to 12 months worth of therapy in one day almost. There you go. Yeah. You know? Okay, so let's talk about where your house is. You live in Topanga yeah. Canyon. I do. Very grateful. Can you describe Topanga to people who are listening? Because a lot we have a lot of listeners from not from LA, not from California, and yeah. and when they think of LA, I don't know if they think about Topanga. Oh, definitely not. Um, and and I kind of love that too. You know, uh, I think you know Topanga to me is this this kind of um hidden gem inside of this wildly um pretentious <laughs> at times uh metropolitan space you know and um i i love la for you know a multitude of reasons um and when i first moved to la 12 years ago i was living in west hollywood and you know i was also 20 years old right um so it was great at the time and, you know, I was modeling and, you know, work was like all right there. But as I started to, I guess, like crave deeper connection and, um, you know, started to, to hike more and camp more, I was just, you know, anytime I would drive back to my apartment in West Hollywood, I felt like my soul was kind of being like ripped out of myself, you know. And um, I was living in Bali in uh, 2020 and, um, you know, being out in the jungle on my motorcycle, just having this like free reign and, and deep connection with nature, 
coming back to LA, like at the time I had a house in um, like Eagle Rock South Pass border, which is beautiful. I love it over there, you know, but I, I remembered being in Bali, like the, one of the main reasons why I ever moved to LA was to be by the water, you know? And so when I came back, um, I, you know, I had been to Topanga, you know, a couple of times before, but I never, I never felt like I was cool enough to live here. <laughs> I felt like you had to like, know this like secret handshake, you know, and like take a certain test to like pass to be admitted into, you know, this like this gated community space. Um, which is bizarre it, because it, to me, it's a hippie place without gate. It totally is. Yeah, no, exactly. You know, but I, I had created the story around it and, um, you know, our, our, our brains are, are wild and, um, wonderful storytellers, you know? Um, but so I, I was just like, fuck it. Like it's now or never. And I found a really cute little cabin on this compound in, in the center. And, um, you know, I was there for, uh, like a year and, um, I kind of outgrew that space and this, this other home opened up that had uh, more views, you know, felt more expansive um, and, you know, my own private backyard and whatnot. And I was just like, this, this is absolutely it. You know, I, I'm sitting here talking to you on my back porch overlooking, you know, the Santa Monica mountains and, you know, outside of my doorstep, if I take like 20 steps, there's the uh, trailhead to the state park. Um, you know, the only cars that I ever hear are my neighbors or like the mailman. And, you know, there's mountain lions and coyotes and I wake up to the birds and the butterflies dancing and I go to sleep to the toads and the crickets. You know, it's, it's absolutely wonderful. It's like the moment that I hit PCH from the city and I see the water and then I'm, you know, driving up this beautiful windy Canyon that by the way is gushing with waterfalls everywhere right now. Mm. Um, it, all any problems or stresses that I thought I had just leave, you know, I, I like enter this, like, like nature's natural therapeutic session space, you know, it's, it's wonderful. And it's such a tight community too. Your background, you're yeah. Native American. I am. Yeah. So to me, again, I, I don't like putting people in boxes, but you, you kind of fit in this box. Um, <laughs> wouldn't you agree that 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 our our stereotypes about Native Americans is that you're grounded with the earth, you're one with nature, um, and in your case, nature in many different facets. Um, mm -hmm. Would you agree with that stereotype? Is that fair? I think. Um... You know, I, I don't like to put one group, you know, all into this one space, but I think it's definitely true that, um, you know, certain mindsets and ways of, of practicing in life can be passed down through our DNA, right? And I didn't grow up on reservation. I grew up, you know, outside of Houston. Um, and, you know, I when I was a kid, I remember like fantasizing about New York and being a supermodel and being around all this fashion, you know, and, and as I got older and I had that, I was like, this actually isn't it. I'm still missing something. And the older I get, the more in touch with my native roots I become. And, you know, the more I'm starting to uh, honor that space on a daily basis. I know quite a few native people. And I think that, you know, if you look at those who did grow up on reservation, you know, the grass is always greener, right? Some of them really want to live in these metropolitan 
metropolitan cities and, you know, be in that hustle and bustle. Some don't. There's plenty that, that don't even, you know, that refuse to get cell phones, for example, mm-hmm. um, which I, I wish I had that strength, maybe one day. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's, uh, I, I definitely feel more at home than I ever have, you know, especially like splitting time between here and Big Sur. Like, I feel like Topanga is kind of LA's little Big Sur pocket. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Can we talk about modeling real quick? Because... Yeah. Earlier, we, we were supposed to do this a couple hours ago, but then you texted yeah. and said, whoops, I've got, la la la, I've got a modeling uh, audition or something <laughs> like that. And yeah. um, that is, that's the dream that many people have. And you are still living it. That's impressive, don't you think? I mean, you know, I'm, I'm really grateful that I've been doing this for 17 years. You know, a lot of people's careers don't last that long. And, um, you know, the industry can be very brutal and vile and it can eat you up and spit you out if you don't have, you know, tough skin or like a centered, um, healthy, you know, idea of self. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it did, it, it did chew me up and spit me out, you know, when I was in my early twenties, um, and I started, so I started modeling when I was 13. Um, I was being trained as a classical ballerina and, um, and I was basically trying to decide between, okay, do I go to Juilliard and hopefully dance with the New York ballet or do I take this modeling contract and, you know, who the fuck knows what's going to happen. Um, and, and I, I chose B, you know, I wanted to explore the world. I didn't want to be a cripple by the time I was 24 from, you know, point shoes and wooden blocks inside. And, um, and I, 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 you know, I've been very fortunate to, to live in many different countries and soak up many different cultures. Um, and, and it's kind of nice being in LA for this now because so much of the industry has moved here. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it, it helps keep a constant change of environment for me, which, um, helps keep me stimulated. Um, I, I, you know, have a lot of respect for those who can do this, but I could never sit at, you know, a um, office building with a nine to five job. I would feel crazy. Um, you know, so with, you know, with modeling though, it's like, sure, there are some glamorous sides to it, but it's not as, you know, sparkly as people on the outside may think, you know, I mean, like today, for example, I was getting ready to have this, um, you know, podcast with you and, um, my booker calls me and she's like, Hey, can you be in downtown in like 20 minutes? And I'm like, yeah, let me just grow wings real quick and fly <laughs> over because that's like an hour and a half away right now, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, but you just, you have to, you have to figure out how to make it work, you know? Um, and, and so it can be hard to make your own plans. Um, and, uh, you know, cause usually I've, I've found that if I like book a flight to go, you know, somewhere for myself, then, you know, the moment that I land in that location and it's like, Oh, you have a shoot in LA tomorrow. You have to fly back, which has happened before. Um, you know, and, and there's of course the other space too, where, you know, you're constantly under a magnifying glass and, you know, told, you know, maybe you're to this or to that, or you're not enough here or not enough there. And, you know, I've seen it destroy girls before. And for me, you know, I'm finally in a place where I'm 
um, confident enough in my own self and I love myself enough to say like, well, you know what? You win some, you lose some. And maybe I just wasn't right for that client and that's totally okay. But I know I'll be good for like one of the next five, you know, it's, it's a gamble always, but that's life. You've done this for how many years modeling? 17. Woo. Yeah. Uh, tell me your favorite experience in modeling. Um, damn. There's a few, but the first one that came to mind, actually, uh, I was 16. I was living in Milan, Italy at the time. And um, somehow, because I mean, I, I, I was and I'm pretty flat. Um, I booked a, a campaign for La Perla, which is this like really fancy lingerie company. And, um, and we flew out to Bodrum, Turkey, um, which I... I guess I understand now it's like a pretty big uh, travel destination. But back then it was just like a bunch of, you know, old men uh, smoking shisha and playing backgammon in the alleys, you know, and it's like this little cliffside town with this castle and like crystal clear blue waters as far as you can see. And, um, you know, we got to stay on this beautiful boat for a week and shoot. And it was just like a little vacation, you know, it was absolutely incredible. And like half the time, whenever dinner came around, you know, the crew would be looking for me and I'd be over there in one of the alleys smoking shisha and playing backgammon with the old guys. <laughs> what's, what's shisha? Um, hookah, argile. Ah, okay. Yeah. Uh, let's go back to you being flat. Yeah. Is, isn't that what the French love? Um, yeah, I mean, you know, it's the, the industry has changed so much and it's gone through so many iterations, you know, at the time it was this like heroin chic, you know, super skinny Kate Moss kind of thing. Right. And, and then, you know, as Instagram started to become a thing and the Kardashians, you know, started to become a thing, then it was all about curves and, you know, big boobs, small waist, big butt. And, you know, I think we watched the pendulum go from one total end of the spectrum to the other complete end. And, and I feel the industry is kind of starting to find the space in the middle, mm -hmm. you know? Um, I think it's really beautiful how uh, there's this, this you know, new, newer campaign of um, celebrating diversity and, um, you know, different ethnicities and different looks and, and really celebrating the individual, you know? Before it was, okay, do you look like a hanger, you know, with these clothes laying on you? And also don't talk because you're the model and don't talk because you don't have a brain because you're a model and just like exist and that's it, you know? And now, you know, individuals are getting booked because of what they, you know, stand for, um, you know, what they're advocating, what voice they have, um, what their interests are, how they express themselves, you know? And, and I think that that's wonderful. Like I, I think, you know, it's, it's quite insane to, um, have an industry uh, represented by one look because, I mean, fashion has no barriers. Fashion, you know, speaks every language around the world, right? Even if you're, you know, shopping uh, uh, Sears, you know, mm -hmm. it's still a form, right? Um, so, yeah, it's, I think, you know, I, I'm becoming celebrated again for having a fun project. <laughs> <laughs> Which is uh, nice. <laughs> do you think that you get some gigs that other women wouldn't because you have this exotic look about you do you think it's working in your favor yeah um you know i think that that's 
probably one of the reasons why I, you know, I'm able to still have a career um, at 32. Uh, you know, my my look can be quite uh, ambiguous. Um, you know, there's been weeks where I, you know, shot um, an editorial where I was, you know, very Latin and another one where, um, you know, I was like wearing kimonos and, you know, dressed like a geisha and um, another one that was more native, you know, um, and then another that's just like super bohemian, you know. Um, yeah, I think I think it's definitely played in my favor. Let's wrap up with secret spots of Topanga Canyon. Oh, <laughs> I, just saw, I don't know how secret this place is, but I just saw a TikTok yesterday. It's it's. Maybe my phone has been listening to me. And <laughs> it's about it. It's, there's a treehouse restaurant in Topanga. Are uh -huh. you familiar with this? Like, it's, I think it's called like Cafe 22 or something like that. Have you? Oh, Cafe 27. 20, there you go. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Have you been? To I've actually, I actually haven't been just because it's always so packed. Oh, it's um, that popular, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, especially Saturday, Sunday, brunch time. Um, you know, they're like the, the cars are pouring out onto um, Topanga Canyon Boulevard. But um, I've I've heard that it has a really beautiful like lookout space over the canyon. Um, and uh, I, I'm not sure about the food. Um, some friends um, own Topanga Living Canyon, um, which is right up the road from that. And it's kind of like a Balinese take on um, SoCal, you know, brunch and lunch style food. Um, I really do like that spot, and it's oh, wait, it has, wait, 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 a Balinese take on LA. Yeah, what does that even mean? <laughs> well, they have um like this one uh I forget what they call it, but one of their breakfast meals um it has eggs with this like spiced jam um that's very typical Balinese um with these little biscuits and um you know it's like certain vegetables and whatnot um. Mm. that you know really evoke that space um and you know the owners are a Balinese brother and sister oh. um yeah they they grew up half between Topanga and half uh, Bali and, and what was this place called again Topanga Living Cafe nice yeah is there another spot that you want to blow up while while we've got you oh it's so hard because I feel like you kind of just have to come here for yourself and you know let let your uh, mind understand what you're feeling called to. You know, I think that's one of the beautiful things um, about these canyons is uh, it's left to you know this kind of happen chance and magical surprise. Um, okay, here's what I would say: uh, if you do make it out to Topanga um, and you're driving around and you see you know, an old path on the side of the road that may look a little overgrown, just fucking take it. Like, you never know where it's going to lead you to. And the ones that I've taken, I find like watering holes and waterfalls and, you know, incredible wildlife. Um, and sometimes even like old fossils or, you know, native like cave paintings. Phoenix, if people want to microdose with you. Yeah. How do they contact you? Um, you can send me a DM on Instagram at mas.seta. Does, does that mean anything? 
Uh, yeah, so maceta is uh, two, it's a play on two Spanish words, mas and seta, more mushrooms. So the idea is uh, maceta, mas vida, more mushrooms, more life. I feel so silly that I, of course, mas, <laughs> but I, I guess I didn't know the shrooms one. Yeah. Phoenix, you've been a delight. Thank you so much. And um, I, I, when I when I get my fifteen hundred bucks, I think I'm gonna have to microdose. Amazing. Well, that's not for the microdosing. That's for the journey. The microdosing is is much more affordable. <laughs> oh, even better. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much, and and, yeah, and thank you, enjoy honey. all these waterfalls today. Thank you so much. Have a beautiful day. Okay. Bye bye. All right. Bye. How great was Phoenix? You know who we'd microdose with next to waterfalls in Topanga? Our Patreons. When you stoke us, you're saying, Tony, Jordan, open your third eye, fellas, on us. So shout out to our Patreons, Nancy Rommelman, Sean Atlow, Matt Mills, Sean Wallace, Greg and Molly, Jamie Taylor, Mark Johnson, Kira Ann, Barney Grinke, Ben Welsh, Jen Adams, Trevor Wilson, Bree Wild, Dougie Gyro, Christina Up North, Robin Carey, Adam Shorn, Ben from Down Under, and Chris from the ATX. To be a Patreon, go to patreon.com slash here in LA and give till it hurts. Also shout out to our Angelinos, like our newest one, Lisa. To be an Angelino, all you gotta do is PayPal or Venmo 25 bucks or more, and we will list you on the Here in LA website or Medium blog forever. Just send your hard-earned cash to busblog at gmail.com. Wanna support us, but you're saving up to give a bunch of cash to Phoenix? No problem. You can still help. Post your favorite episode on Facebook. OMG, post two. Tweet something nice about us. And in fact, anytime you see us tweet an episode, retweet it. And for God's sakes, tell your friends. Tell them how Here in LA is spelled, and it's on Apple Podcasts, and Google, and even Amazon. Here in LA is produced by myself, Tony Pierce, and a man who has strolled the runway of Milan in Parisian lingerie and was promptly arrested. Jordan Katz. Editing, mixing, and music supervision by Jordan Katz. Songs by Oregon and Jordan Katz. Special thanks to Cindy for creating the logo, Jen for inspiring this, and Todd Francis for introducing me to Phoenix and cooking us all that good grub. Good grub, grub, grub.